Hi, my name is Julie Anderson. I'm making some coffee and I'm going to talk to you about The Social Dilemma. Have you seen it on Netflix? It's about how social media, predominantly Facebook, um, Instagram, but like really Facebook, it's made to be addictive. And maybe you've heard this before. I know I did and I just would be really dismissive about it. I'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever. I don't care, right? I didn't understand the scope and the magnitude of how they use, you know, all these psychological things to manipulate us and predict our behaviors accurately. And here's the thing. Something that I've learned is that I would be reluctant to speak out on things in the past because, oh, I don't have a university d degree. I'm not very articulate. I have, all, you know, somebody else is much better. Like, what do I know, right? And that would really um, temper my response to a lot of things, right? I would be like, how can people feel so sure? of? Uh, how can they have an opinion? Anything could be proven wrong. Like, how can you even... And, you know, my best friend is the one that helped me with this. She says, it's like you need to just listen to your moral compass, it's either right or it's wrong. And that's it. And you don't need to have a university degree to, to know that something is wrong. You don't need to know when um, something feels good, like when you're going to go um, help someone or donate to your charity or whatever it is, right? So using that has really empowered me. I don't need to know all the answers. I don't need to be in control. I don't need to persuade or convince anyone. I just need to do what's right for me, you know, following my moral compass. That's really helped me. So this is what I'm going to talk to you about is how I've interpreted the social dilemma, how I am applying this in my life. It's only been a few days and um, I've noticed a, a big a big difference. So <clears throat> I'm going to tackle this from two points of view just because I've had sort of uh, actually three, three points of view. One is like um, people similar to me who um, they're open to seeing it. And they recognize at a level, like I did, that there's something wrong, right? That even if, um, you know, the, the word addiction, it's like, well, well, not me, I'm not. But yet we make jokes about taking our bathrooms, our bathrooms, our phones to the bathroom with us. And we, we make jokes about, and everybody is always looking at their phones all the time. So we know at this level, this is the first type of sort of category of person or response I'm going to talk about, that we do this. And people even have terms for it, crack book doom scrolling people feel bad about it you know scrolling but they can't you know I've only been I feel like I've only been on it for 20 minutes four hours have passed on YouTube where is the time gone that's my dad he's in uh he's 79 and he's like he's like I can't I, I just go on YouTube I don't know where the day's gone right so people that have watched it I have heard so much feedback from people who are like oh my god I cannot believe just from putting my phone away, not turning it on, how how much I've gotten done, right, in my life. This is just in the last few days. So <clears throat> what I noticed, so the, the biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways from the social dilemma for me was comparing social media to a tool. And it's not a tool. They use the example of a bicycle. A bicycle is useless unless you pick it up and you use it. But social media, when you have, you know, you have your phone on, it's there. And if you don't have your notif if you if your notifications are on, it's always buzzing. It's always reaching out to you, sending you notifications, weird notifications. Have you ever noticed when you'd get some random notification from someone, you're like, why is Facebook choosing to send me a notification that this person has just made a post or tagged somebody and in a video? Like, why that one? And so all these things, now I'm like hyper aware. So the day after the social dilemma, I uh stopped I uninstalled a lot of apps I um like Snapchat I don't use Twitter I don't use there's like a few that I just don't use I felt like I had to have it I just didn't use 
And then I turned off all notifications. Although I still don't know how that works because my messenger, like it's not showing notifications, but yet when I'm, if I've looked at one, all of a sudden it's like, it's, it's got a loophole and it's like these notifications will pop up. So I don't know what the workaround for that is yet, but across the board, everybody that has watched it has said, oh my God, this is like blowing my mind. This is, this has changed my life. I just, I'm addicted to it. I'm making, everybody right away is making changes with their life. It's unreal. So there's a local uh, high school teacher. She's going to actually show the movie to a, a, her class. Like how awesome a teacher is that, right? Um, there's another, I've heard back from um, parents that have daughters, because this is the other thing that landed with, with me, is the, there's a pattern of when social media became available on um, uh, mobile devices. So they say Gen Z is the first generation to like really grow up with um, social media, right? We're like the last generation that knows what life was like before social media. And in 2009, this is this this pattern, right? And the suicide rate for girls ages 10 to 14 has increased 151%. And that really got me. They had other statistics of um, girls, two categories, girls 10 to 14 and then 15 to 19, also being admitted to hospital for non-fatal um, harm, self-harm, which is cutting. And they both like just skyrocketed, right? But that was the statistic that stuck in my head. It, I was like, oh my God, that's that's awful. So... Something um, I'm on, I'm, I really love TikTok. I'm on, I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I've grown a good audience and community on TikTok. And uh, I see a lot of people there in their 40s and 50s complaining about um, their numbers are dropping, their follower accounts are um, lower, um, whatever. And they're complaining that they're not getting enough views on their videos and they're in their 40s and 50s. And yet they expect like a kid who's 15 or 20 to be able to handle, to ha have social media skills and be like, oh, well, you should have so, so much more confidence. I see freaking people crumble every day on freaking social media. They're grown people, grown people complaining that they don't have enough likes on their post and it is directly hinged to their self-worth. How in the world do we expect our kids to deal with it when we can't even deal with it ourselves, right? This stuff never even occurred to me until I watched that show. Second category, so the first, first sort of big broad thing is like, um, I like it's like pe people are like um, really resonating with it. They've watched it. They're going to watch it. They've downloaded it. It's impacted them. They're like, thank you. Like, you know, and it, it's the same way as anytime I, I see it, somebody sharing something, I'm like, thank goodness for sharing it because we wouldn't otherwise have heard it. We're all like, you know, we have our little circles of influence and however they go out further and further, we can all really affect change by sharing information, right? So the second, the second sort of group or, or person, um, and, and I've been like this in the past and I actually felt like this too. Cause initially I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to watch it. I saw it and I'm like the social dilemma. I'm on social media. I love social media, right? Like, oh, is this going to be some documentary? I make up this big story. And that is one of the, uh, the other groups of people that I'm going to talk about is, um, people that don't want to because they think, oh, it's going to be negative. They already have a judgment. They don't want to watch it. And they feel like it's going to be a personal attack on them or that it doesn't apply to them. And so where I find this is really fascinating, because I really don't give, I don't care if somebody is, um, wants to change their life or not. I really, I really don't care. And I think that's why I've had a really good, uh, like dialogue going with the communities that I have, like on Instagram, on TikTok and Facebook is because I'm not looking to convince anybody of anything. I'm just saying like, this has totally impacted me and this is, I'm going to be changing how I show up. Right. So people can do whatever they want. 
So I think that's a difference because I think if I had have been like, you got to watch this and it's going to change your life. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, I've watched this and this is just, these are my notes for you. And that's it, right? I think that's made a difference. Uh, be that as it may, when uh, we have like our ego is like, or we feel like threatened change is afoot, we might, we might not want to see it. So it will throw up these like defenses, right? Where it's like, well, it doesn't apply to me. I, I can exercise more self-control. My time management skills are amazing. So I am not addicted to social media, right? And that's fine. But can you say the same thing about your daughter or your sister or your mother or your aunt or your best friend? Or if you have a home business, can you say that the same about every single solitary person on your team? What about your new client? What about your new client's daughter? Like, is there any way that you could not think of yourself and maybe take in some information that might perhaps serve your community, right? So that's what, that's my response to that anyway, thinking of it because, because I never used to, I used to do that too. So, um, I'm not like, I'm freaking not, certainly not the guru on the mountain, but that's something I think about. I learned that from Soraya Goddard and, and this wasn't even like the lesson. This was like, just like this side sentence she said in a training that she did. It had absolutely nothing to do with this. I've called it the not me syndrome, but I learned it from her just in this one sentence. And all she said forget what she was talking about. She was talking about because she's like, she works in the, like the army, like the military or I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I think it's the army and she's like a colonel. And so, um, with network marketing, she needs to be professional. Like she, so she has to have like a, like a clear division of like what she's doing and that. And she does both because she loves both. She loves her career. She loves what she does with her business. Right. And, um, so she was giving like training on like what you can do when you, um, you know, if your company or what you're working for is like, you're not allowed to, you know, do whatever. So this is how she navigates having a home business. And this is, this is the sentence that she said <laughs> that changed things for me. You never know when you're going to get a nugget of gold, right? She said, it might not apply to you, but it might apply to somebody on your team. Because I was like, well, I'm not in a high level, like, you know, and I was, I was literally saying what she was saying. I'm just going to write this off. I'm like, oh crap. This isn't about me. So if you do want to assume any kind of leadership role, which I really like expanding that definition, like Simon Sinek says, is a a leader is, you know, you take someone, uh, take care of someone to the left of you and take care of someone to the right of you. It allows us to have personal responsibility for those around us to help, to help people, right? I really like that as opposed to like making it this lofty thing that you need to be a CEO and then you're only a leader. Like I think that it's, I think this is a much more accurate uh, definition. This is what I go with now. Anyway, so I think that coming at it from that approach, maybe, oh, this might, this information um, might help someone else. And then of course, you're going to learn something about yourself. You can't not learn something about yourself unless you're freaking like the guru of all time, in which case you have the third eye and all your chakras are aligned and you're probably not of this world anyway. Right. But I mean, it's really foolish to think that you have absolutely nothing left to learn. And the fact that you're experiencing so much resistance, I would suggest that that's all the more reason that you need to lean into that and find out why there is so much resistance because that's where the growth is. That's comfort zone, right? Third thing is this is so, so interesting. So I love Gary Vaynerchuk and um, I love posting on social media. And there was, um, I like to, I get really creative. I um, have things inside me that need to come out, right? I'll have to like start this podcast or I'll like make some TikToks or whatever it is. And uh, and that was great. And, um, and then I watched the social dilemma and I'm like, okay, this has thrown like a whole other thing. This has, this has nothing to do with just pure creation now because there's battling a rigged system where it's like my attention and my behavior is being manipulated 
And it goes far beyond um, just like buying something or an ad that's curated, you know, to my to my interests. It goes much, much deeper beyond, beyond that. And the fact that I was having such a physical resistance, and this is something I never mentioned, but um, the day, first day when I made a conscious effort to monitor uh, my time on social media, I, ref- I didn't turn on my phone in the morning, right, until I was ready to work. And later that night, I was on the phone and I caught myself like minimizing the phone and then about to tap on the Facebook app to just check, just check. I had to physically, it, it was happening unconsciously. I was so revolted that by my addiction, by doing that, that I'm like, I had to get off the phone. I'm like, I need to get off the phone. I need to actually turn off the phone. Otherwise, I'm going to do this. I have no, I can feel the need in me. It's becoming overpowering. And so I had to end the phone conversation because I had no control. So um, I got a message from a friend today and this is really good. And so I'm like, I'm not going to uh, mention the friend or whatever because this is such a good point. And I know that when anybody ever... um, says or articulate something, there's always more people that articulate it. So this is such a good point. And they asked me, how do you, how do you reconcile um, what Gary Vaynerchuk says with, with this now with the social dilemma? And my answer was super easy. I'm like, I have nothing to reconcile because my beliefs are my own. I go by my moral compass and I go by my instincts and I don't need those to fit or reconcile with anybody else's version of who I should do, who I should become or what I should do. And I learned that a lot. I learned some of this uh, from Gary Vaynerchuk too, is you can change your mind at any time, right? You can do whatever it is what's right for you. So for me, I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I don't need to reconcile anything. It's like before I knew this, I behaved this way. Now that I have more information, I am going to behave differently. I mean, it, that this is evolution and growth, right? But I thought it was a really interesting point, and I think uh, it's it bears mentioning uh, to help you know whoever is listening. If you're listening to this and you're finding any value and you like to stretch your mind, um, maybe it will help you. I find that I wish that I had have been exposed to a lot of information that I'm learning now. I wish I had have known this, you know, 20 years ago. Of course, you know, with hindsight, but. The fact that we can put out our opinions and our um, our insights, information, help others in any way, um, and it and it can just impact someone. That's huge, and that's a huge driving force for me. So every day when I make content, um, that's my goal. Is I just want I want to impact one person, and I know, and maybe I'm sandbagging it now because. Well, I am sandbagging it now, to be honest, because I'm I'm absolutely impact. I'm I know that I'm impacting more than one person every day because I get messages every day or a comment or something. So it's it's profound. Um, but I guess I still am maintaining. It's like my goal. I I don't want to be like I got to have five people a day. It's like I still am thinking of one person every day, and I'll make. It'll be like one piece of content. I make more than one piece of content, right? But I'll make one piece of whatever piece of content. I'm like, whatever piece of content, if one person, it really lands with them, I feel good, right? And that's what, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm like making it up about the the sandbagging after all. I don't know. I'm exploring as I, as I talk to you. But um, honestly, that's how I feel. So uh, parallel to this is I'm, um, you know, reading this book. It's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. And it's about listening to your intuition and your instincts, your intuition anyway. And, and that's been, uh, that's really, it's what's so cool 
is, I guess it was maybe uh, the just after maybe like in April or May after COVID hit, um, I started to have this feeling like, what if I just started listening to my instincts all the time and I stopped running it through the filter of what somebody else thinks or how I should think. And what if everything that I've ever suspected is true? So have you ever had this experience where you've you've always had this assumption or this um, or a belief or whatever and then you're like and you'd like always push it down or whatever people would say oh it's not right and then it's like 10 years later you're like I was freaking right all this time right and it's like all these things I'm like I'm I'm tired of not listening to my instincts. I've listened to everybody else for long enough. I'm going to freaking listen to my instincts from now on. And what I've experienced, this is what's cool. This is where I'm tying it in with this, this, uh, the gift of fear is that I've started, I st- I've started to do that, right? I'm listening more. And it is like a muscle. I find it's like, um, I don't find, this is the thing. I'll find people. It's like, Oh, you're going to make mistakes. It never makes mistakes. The only time I make mistakes is when I am talking myself out of it or if I ignore it. Every other time, it doesn't need to make sense. This is where I think people screw it up. It'll be like, oh, it needs to be logical. Like they need to have some kind of control in the universe, which makes no sense at all, right? But it might not appear to make sense in that moment, but it's like it makes sense like two days from now or a week from now or however it lines up, right? The only thing we have to go on, you know, when it's like when it comes down to it, when you need to make a decision is it's like, for me, it's the moral compass. It's my intuition. It's like, yes or no. And there was that woman that did that TED talk and I can't remember what her name is, but she, she talks about, um, the moral compass and she has it like a, like a, like a literal compass. One end says yes. And one says no. And that's all there is. And you just need, and sometimes your compass can be blurred over or scratched over and you can't really see it, but it's, it's always there. And that's all we need. And, and I like this about, uh, Gavin DeBecker's book is how he keeps saying, it's like, you already have the skills. You already have this. We all have these experiences. We have, you know, we go through the Academy of Life. I, I really gravitate towards, uh, trainers and teachers that aren't like gatekeeping information. Am I using this word right? Um, like you need to, you need to like, uh, do something. I'm not, I'm going to withhold information unless you get to my next level and then I will give you more, right? I don't like that. I'm drawn to people. And also, I don't like when um, trainers will um, talk down to you. Like, oh, I was there, but now I'm here. I'm so much better than you. I like it when somebody's like speaking to the greatness within you. And then, um, and I learned that term from Ray Higdon. And, and, and then you have that feeling of being in the trenches with someone, which is why I feel, this is why I really like uh, Gary Vee so much is because he's so knowledgeable and he's so empathetic. And he's there, he's listening, and he's really he's really helping. Like, you don't feel spoken down to. You don't feel less than. And that's everything, right? So, listening to my instincts. This is what I've been doing. So, it's been so nice as I've been reading this book, at least these, these concepts, where I'm like, oh my God, like, this is, I, I, I was, I was listening to myself, and this is actually a thing. So, I want to share this one thing with you, because I literally just had this happen the other day. So, to give you an example, I had um, somebody send me a message, and it's a man, and uh, this happens all the time, to be honest. But there's an actual term for it too. So a lot of these things, I mean, this is called the gift of fear. So this is um, it's fa- it's fascinating because it's like using uh, 
fear is like a signal that your intuition will send you. So it's not like you're living in fear and you're constantly like skulking around. It's like, it's a, it's a gift. It's a tool. And it's, you know, we'll get this clear signal. And um, he says like, we're the only animals on the planet that will ignore us. Like, well, maybe he's a really nice guy. Like, well, maybe, you know, it, if there's like a loud noise on the plains and the antelope sticks its head up and they all stick their heads up and they all sprint and they run away. They don't sit there and they talk themselves out of it, right? <laughs> so he's talking about this. So anyway, there's this one thing, it's called typecasting. And I'm going to see if I can find it in the book here. I still have to pour my coffee. Typecasting anyway is, oh, where is it? Oh, I'm going to find it. So this is this is used by people in general too. So it's not like every person that does this. If you know you read this, it's like, oh, they're out, they're gonna get me, right? But he does say this line that I wanted to read. He says, I don't mean to cramp the style of some crude Casanova, but times have changed, and we men can surely develop some approaches that are not steeped in deceit and manipulation. So for example, this typecasting, it's when someone gives you a slight insult. I get this a lot. Um or I've Maybe I'm aware, I'm aware that I'm getting it um, just because I've been honoring my instincts more. Um, so someone will say, you're too, you know, you're so, uh, you, yeah, you do seem a bit snobby. And it, the whole goal of this is for you to refute it. They're like sucking you in to making a response. And really the point isn't if they even believe it or not. They just want you to engage and get the response. And they really want you to do what they want you to do. So it can be... Um, anything. It's like, oh, another example is like, oh, you don't really, you don't really read the news news a lot, do you? It's like, whatever it is, it's, it's done the opposite in order for you to agree. Oh no, I'm not like that. In order for you, for them to get, for you to do what they want you to do when you don't want to do it. So anyway, because I've been listening to my instincts, I saw this happen recently and I saw through it so fast and it felt so gross and I didn't, this was before I read this too. Like I didn't know what it was called, but I knew it was wrong. And I knew instinctively not to address it, but just to, um, I had to make some kind of response. And so I just did a very short response, like blah, blah, but I didn't address that, that, that whole part. Right. And that was huge because I'm like, frick, your instincts are right. Like you don't need to know the like the psychological terminology or what what something is about. You just need to listen to your instincts. If it feels wrong, it's freaking wrong. Uh, next part of this, I'm like on this, I don't know, I'm on a ramble right now. Stream of consciousness podcast. Who knows if I'll ever um, interview somebody? Who knows? Anyway, I ordered, I ordered a bunch of books off Amazon. I ordered this one book and I actually threw it out because I could not, I couldn't get through it. It's like New York Times bestseller. I think it was called Fast Thinking, Slow Thinking, something like that. It has a picture of a pencil on the, I mean, who knows what the covers are like, right? I'm starting to read it. And here's the thing my best friend has taught me is that once you wake up from something, uh, like an example of, um, I had an incident earlier this year when I, uh, I was out hiking and a man was out there in the middle of nowhere and he flashed, he flashed me and it was, and it's like, he wouldn't have done that had I been a man. It was, it's like loaded, you know, with aggression and, and any, I made a police report and then the, I, the police were like, well, you think it's really that big a deal? And I had to like educate the police about like, this is not appropriate behavior it's actually threatening and why are you saying you know and I had to and I, and I in that moment I like I learned all these things I learned that not only like do you have to have the courage to actually make the report because I wasn't going to do it 
But then you also, and the only reason I did was because uh, somebody on TikTok commented that he might do this again, it might be worse or whatever. And then I had this moral responsibility, right? But then you also have to have the emotional control to explain to the person that you're going to for help and to educate them because they're steeped in a culture and the cultural responses and they think they're doing the right thing. They just don't know. And so then it's up to us, you know, to explain and educate at the very moment when you're the most emotionally vulnerable and fragile. It rocked my world and I'm thankful. And I noticed, I, I believe that I got through to the police officer because I said um, he wouldn't have acted like that had I been two big burly men wearing night vision goggles and hunting rifles. And that just conjures up a powerful image, right? He wouldn't have got, gone and flashed them, but he did it because I was a woman and he did it because I was alone, right? And I didn't, and that seemed to like crack the nut of his sort of like, oh, I I, I understand that. Right? He's like, oh, nobody else has reported anything. I'm like thinking... That doesn't surprise me. I freaking, I, I'm like all over social media. I'm like, I will like talk about all kinds of things. I wasn't going to report this. So how in the world if somebody else is going to, like, you know, anyway. So um, now where in the world was I going with this? I was like trying to tie this in with something else. Oh, this book I was going to, this book I threw out. <laughs> so I just tried reading it. And right, and so it's talking right away of like how your instincts or your intuition is wrong. And it's such bullshit. <laughs> Like, that's the only thing I can say because I'm like, right away as I'm reading it. So here's, so yeah, so this is where I'm tying in. When I started making content about my experiences uh, um, with the police and all that, I've had women reach out to me who have been sexually assaulted, who didn't listen to their instincts, some who did listen to their instincts. A whole range of things have happened. I've had contact with a lot of different women. So now I'm, I'm understanding now. So now I'm like choosing to speak out on on things <clears throat> because I have a social platform. I can speak out on behalf. I have, and I am privileged. I am very privileged to do so because I'm white. I'm like middle-aged woman. I'm like, it's, it's probably actually the best time in the world ever, like to actually be able to speak out on behalf of people. Right. So that's what I've been, that's what I've chosen to do. I keep losing my train of thought, but this is just the way I roll. I got to keep working it back to that book that I threw out. Okay. By listening to your intuition. So the beginning of the book, it's like, oh, why your intuition is like, it's always, it's misleading and you need to have this, this balance, like this system one and this system two and how, you know, you see something, it's deceiving. And it's just like, it's all this shit that I already know. Like, but it's like half the stuff, like, I don't even understand. They give you these, like, you know, those math problems you're scrolling on Facebook. It's like the white horse has five eggs and four of them were given to your neighbor. How many eggs is it? And it's meant to trick you. You know, you're going to be tricked. And then it, for the, these things, they just make me mad. Like, like they just make me immediately angry. That's probably some kind of personality trait or something. I've got friends who love those kind of riddles, right? To me, they just piss me off, right? Because I know they're meant to... Actually, I do know why they piss me off. Um, when I was reading Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, you can pick through... Um, she encourages you to do this exercise where you pick two of your values out of this list. And like, she says, you may be tempted, you know, you want to pick 10 or 15, but I really encourage you to drill it down to two. And for me right away, uh, min, um, freedom and authenticity are my two. So anything where I feel manipulated, <laughs> where it's like impacting my freedom, like how I perceive it, it really like riles me up. So when I'm reading this, it's just like, okay, well, okay, so great. Yeah, I, I know. I know all this. I don't need to have uh, like the degree. I don't need to be explained that, oh, there's the blind spot if I look over here. But what I don't, I, what I don't agree with at all is it's like their definition of intuition to begin with. It just is like, I'm like, this is, this doesn't even mean anything to me. How they're defining it 
doesn't even mean anything. They win Nobel Prize. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care because this information is incorrect because this information has saved my life in the past, how I have lived my life, right? Whether, and so I, I, was, I was really forcing myself to try to read it. And then I'm like, why am I doing, I'm getting like angrier and angrier. And there's like these phrases too, where, so this is where my best friend was like, once you start to speak up about women's issues, you're going to start seeing like things fall. You, It's going to require a massive amount of effort to unlearn a lot of things that you just, you'd learned. And now you realize they're no longer applicable. And that's exactly what's happened. So I see things, it's like, just the way they phrase things, it's like from, it's like some from it's like a from a privileged male point of view. This is how they're conducting their experiments. Oh, you're probably thinking this. And I'm like, I'm not thinking that at all. <laughs> and I'm and I recognize there's a part of me that's already combative because of my strong feelings about intuition. Um and at the same time, I really don't care because I don't need to write a thesis and get a PhD to defend how I feel, right? And like noticing like practical real life, like this isn't like sitting in a lawn or sitting at a desk doing this. It's like actually inter- interacting with real people every day, right? So I just, I'm like, you know what? It's just not worth it. And so I just, I threw the book out and I look and I'm like, it was 23 bucks, 23 bucks Canadian. I'm like, there it goes. But that's what I chose to do. And I followed my instincts. And so then I started reading um, Gavin DeBecker's book. I've actually thrown out one other book. And I can't remember what it was, but for me to throw out a book, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's a, it's a powerful thing, but I don't, um, I don't question my instincts anymore. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't, I don't need to prove it to anybody to do. I don't need to prove it to anybody. I don't need to reconcile anything to anyone. I'm going to, um, continue to show up and just do the best that I, I don't want to say the best that I can do. Do what I do. Just do what I do. Just show up and just do right. Just take action. This is uh, a bit of a ramble. I hope you got some value in this and I uh, appreciate you listening and have a, have a good day. Thanks for listening.